Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another discussion, another episode here on the podcast of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me, as usual, as we go through the barrier that is conversation, talking about Star Trek Discovery, my dear friends, Lieutenant Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David. What's happening, fellas? Not much. Just another... Another late night, you know, grinding away at this podcast. You know, I figured we could talk about our feelings today. Mm. <laughs> yeah, David, when you said not much, I thought you were going to say just like these last three episodes. Oh, I would never be that cruel. <laughs> I was already cruel enough last week. So this episode has to get at least a seven, right? Just just yeah. to balance things out. I might Does have it? to. Ca- I might have to come out of the fours to to <laughs> bring balance or something. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, good grief, good grief. Just another another day, another night, another episode, another slog fest. Man, you guys are being very generous tonight. Goodness. Like we're we're just like at the hey how you doing greeting and man, y'all are like the paragon of like positivity, I swear. Yeah, no, greetings and felicitations. Oh, look at you go. Man. That's a tease. That's tomorrow. <laughs> man man oh man um so you know how like a few weeks back y'all were giving texas a hard time about like weather Hmm. yeah it's been really cold and it was 41 degrees today here and i was like people like it's freezing i was like technically it's not where you are (laughs) that's what it is up here in um at lone star station it's been in the teens and the 20s, and we've had uh, freezing rain, sleet. Uh, we've had just freaking glazed roads where you can't drive on it. Um, like all of like North Texas was like basically shut down with like how much ice there was on the road. It was horrible. Yeah, we 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 had kind of a weird point where like temperatures spiked so i was out like you know jogging at one point it was like 60 i was like oh this is the greatest day ever and then the next day it was you know 30s and and all that good sort of stuff so yeah that typical ohio stuff you know you guys remember that kind of midwestern bs (laughs) i miss midwest weather honestly i i like I was so upset with one of my students whenever I was talking about like the ice storm and everything that was coming in because they're like up in New England, like somewhere like in like the Rhode Island area or something like that. And they're like, oh, yeah, it was like 80 degrees this this afternoon. I'm like, what is this where it's 80 degrees in Rhode Island, but it's freaking 30, 30 degrees in Texas. It was it was 70 degrees on Tuesday when I took my kids to daycare. And by the time I got them to daycare, which was like a half hour later, by the way, it was like 30. How does that happen? Like, for real? Like, that's that's nuts. No, it was a big temperature change from like Monday and Tuesday to Wednesday oh, yeah. and Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, now, w- more word from the Weather Channel. Yeah. Eric, can you um, dial in the number and check the weather and the time for us? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I used to call that time like, I know. like mm-hmm. phone number a lot back in the day. I know, a, I remember that. I'm an obsessive clock watcher. I check the clock probably a thousand times a day. Oh, yeah, man. that's a lot. That's that's. A, that's do you a set lot. an al- do you set an alarm for every minute of the day? 
So no. you know what time it is? No. But I'll look at the clock sometimes 10, 15 times in a minute. Wow. But I the real question wait, is... Wait, wait, what time was it? What time was it? <laughs> how many alarms does it take you to get up? None. I don't even set an alarm. Oh what? Right? I haven't set an alarm. Like, even if I have to get up at, like, 3 o'clock to drive to the airport, my body will just wake up. What? Yeah. He's a robot. I knew it. Yeah, I have that internal <laughs> clock. My internal chronometer is never off. Did you get golemed at some point? <laughs> he must what have, that man. <laughs> Picard. That's how Picard. Oh, go- I thought when you said golemed, I thought you were talking about the Lord of the Rings, Smeagol. Well, I mean, yeah, there's a new series coming out. Yes, Rings <laughs> of Power. It's fine. It's okay. It's okay. I swear, if he's in that, we we, we riot. I swear. There's enough rioting over that, so there is. Like, As I don't with get anything, that. I just don't get that. I've been well, seeing people like just like complain about that. I'm like, what what are we complaining about? Like seriously, what are we what are we complaining well, about? Well, listen, listen. No one hates a franchise more the the new stuff that a franchise puts out more than its hardcore fans. Yeah. Right. That I'm was the whole point of the fan. new Scream movie. I'm sorry if that's a spoiler. The whole point of the new Scream movie was no one hates <laughs> the property more than the big fans. I don't know if you've seen that movie or not. No, I want to. No. Okay. Okay. But David, you sound like you haven't seen any of them when you. Went I home. mean, like maybe one and two, <laughs> maybe. You know, so you know, I just but finished like Huey, watching today. Huey, right from the boys, is in the new Scream movie. And oh, he's really? also he's also Boimler from yes, he is. from Lower Decks. That's right. I'm so ready for he for plays the a next prominent role in the new Scream movie. Oh Lord! Yeah, I'll be ready for the boys in the you know, another couple years. You know, I, ju- I just finished yeah. Peaky Blinders this week, which was really good. I enjoyed that show a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe in a few more years. Okay, I'll take up a new show. It'll be good. Well, I mean, it's been it'll be two years since the last season of the boys by the time we get the next season man man goodness right yeah i just we just finished watching um before we we you know all met together to to do this uh we just finished watching um ghostbusters afterlife oh my gosh that's a good movie so good is it because the last ghostbusters was not very good no and it wasn't no. i'm not saying it wasn't good because it was an all-female cast it just wasn't a good story no, this was this was good. It was much it was it was much much better, and I believe they treated the source material a lot better. Um, very 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 good film, as far as I'm concerned. You might not like it, but I loved it. I thought it was great. So, oh, and uh, with that, you know, with um, you know, the the hardcore fans and everything. Obviously, next week we have Picard season two that's going to be premiering. And, Jeez, it's uh, been two years since that came out as yes, well. Yes, it has. God, that's and a long wait. If you haven't watched um, the Ready Room episode that accompanied uh, this particular episode's um, coverage, and you want to see like a couple sneak peeks of Star Trek Picard, Season 2, Episode 1, I highly recommend it. It's good stuff. Oh, okay. It's good stuff. And... Um, I follow some of the people, or I'm connected with some of the people that um, were part of the production on, um, like, that they grew up with, like, TOS in terms of, like, being an original fan, air quotes, 
uh, working as like a production designer and a whole bunch of other stuff for TNG and like that era of Star Trek. Um, and even they were like, I wasn't too happy with the direction of um, Star Trek Picard originally. Um, and saying stuff like, you know, I, I consider myself a true believer, whatever that means. And he's uh, like, even if you were apprehensive about how Picard season one ended, you need to you need to at least watch the first episode because like it's got some really good callbacks and some really good stuff to it. Is that is that a ringing endorsement? Well, you at least have to watch like you know just like one episode. Well, I mean, listen, if it were me, I'd be like, you need to watch the entire season. Well, listen, episode one of season one was pretty fantastic. <laughs> like, all the feels came right back in that episode one. Yeah. Yeah. Remembrance was good. Was a good episode. Yes, it was. I was missing, like, the little triangle, little centerpieces for, for 10 forward, you know? Like, that actually was, like, a video game, like, thing that they had, like, in the 80s and, 80s and stuff. Um, and I was missing that. I miss seeing that in Remembrance, but it's it's fine. It's fine. Those little triangle things, you know, what I'm talking about, Eric. Uh, no. Wow. Something I don't know about. You need yep. to go to engineering and get checked out, okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Let's do it. Let's do the thing. Let's talk about Act One. The so, longest Act One ever. Everyone, if if you're just tuning in and you have not watched this episode, what are you doing? Hit the pause button. Okay, this is your red alert. We're about to go into spoilerific territory. Red alarm. Red alarm. Um, so, if not, just keep on listening. We're going to be talking about, obviously, Season 4, Episode 10. I'm getting it right this week. The Galactic Barrier. Y'all, I clocked this just like we did last week. 14 minutes and 3 seconds before the opening credits come on. Yikes. What's up? <laughs> 14 like, minutes. Holy cow. Out of a 52-minute episode. That's more than a quarter of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, now, that, was, that, that, was... that obviously includes the recap, too. But, geez, this went on forever. I was just like waiting. I'm like, surely this could have, I mean, we could have already just been in the actual episode, like for real, for real, before this, any of this stuff happened. Man. Just trying to outdo themselves. Yeah. Next, next week, week. Next week, it'll be like 30 minutes in. I was going to say it'll be a half hour Run next credits. week. <laughs> Roll the credits. Roll the credits. <laughs> yeah, well, we forgot about that. Let's put them in there. As if we're watching it live and they, they can't like re-edit it some. Oh, just yeah, wait, just long. wait for like the the special extended edition of Discovery season four. Well, like I mean, I was watching this. I you know I normally watch these when I come home from work, but I couldn't sleep this morning, so I got up and I watched it at like five o'clock in the morning, and I kept like waiting for it to like roll credits so I could like go use the bathroom. <laughs> It just kept going. <laughs> like, come on, roll credits. Let's go. <laughs> Let's, go. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> like, like, like I can't hit the pause button or something, but I, I'm old school, right? And I'm just like, wait for the commercial, wait for the intro. That's right. Don't want to miss a thing. Yeah. like I mean, I could hit pause, but I was just like, come on, 
It's got to be here. That. <laughs> it's got to be here. Okay. So, yeah, we have we have the recap of of last time on Star Trek Discovery, which was basically everything for the most part again. Just in case you forgot the first 9 episodes, here you go. This is what happened. And anyway, with um with where we start, um we're we're back at um essentially like HQ, right? With um like we've we've gathered delegates and ambassadors to like talk about the problem and having some great snacks. Like like I'm all about food, but that just seemed kind of weird to me just like having snacks at a very important meeting. Th- th- that this was going is on. this is like the the Tony Stark thing. Like Robert really Downey was. Jr. where he he I mean legitimately would hide snacks on set and just eat them in scenes. And I mean it's we we have we have our one and to be honest, I'm completely forgetting why he was here, but we have our one guy who progressively throughout the episode always has something in or around his mouth getting ready to eat. Yeah, it's, it's like, a brand, brand new character. We've never seen him before, right? Right. Yeah. Dr. Well, Hooray? Dr. Yeah. Hooray, something like that? He found something really funny about confirmation bias. It was super funny to him. I was like, okay, sure. Sounds like an academic joke that went way over my head. No, but I, you know, I kind of, I kind of like enjoyed this scene, albeit you know some yeah. of the things like that happened, like the guy eating, right, and the Gilligan's Island joke, which oh my god, who the heck, twelve hundred uh, years uh, later, knows what Gilligan's Island is? Uh, like it's twelve hundred years later. Eric, look at me. Look <laughs> Come at me. Come on. They review the historical documents. Come on, that was just like way too like awful like that was like not necessary and I just like you could hear me roll my eyes when that happened was it okay I'm gonna I'm gonna sound really dumb here this is probably something I probably should have like looked up or something but I didn't did did to y'all like the like the stuff that um Kovic was saying about the doctor uh Dr. Harai um, specialist in a- astrolinguistics, xenophonology, and theoretical semiotics. Did that all just sound like the same synonym over and over again? Or am I just like so dense, like I don't actually know the meaning? Say them again. Astrolinguistics. Okay. Xenophonology. Yeah, those sound pretty similar. Don't they? And yeah. theoretical semiotics. Yeah, they sound pretty similar. There's probably some small distinction, right? Yeah, but I mean, they sound they're, pretty they're, similar. I mean, like I was like trying to go back to like Hoshi, uh, whenever like Hoshi was being introduced in episode one of, of Enterprise, and talking about that, and even like um, when like we have um, Kelvin timeline Kirk um, talking to Uhura at the bar. And uh, and he's she saying xenolinguistics, didn't she? He, yeah, like morphology and um, stuff like that. Like he's saying a bunch of big fancy words, but I don't know. They just they just sound a lot. I mean, I'm sure there's distinctions. So people like all the the linguists out there that listen, wherever you listen, I'm sorry for offending you. I don't know. <laughs> I, I talk to people about their their feelings and their thoughts. I don't know anything about speech apart from making noise with my mouth. That's about it. Shall we continue? Yeah. 
Well, I gotta say, like when we had this overhead shot that started out of all the different communicators, that was really cool, right? We saw all the different, all the different yeah. ones. I like that little, little fan servicey, but it's cool. I'm a fan. I I actually had to do a double take because like the, when the the shot comes up, like they they, they have a tight shot on the the uh, Star Trek Picard com badge, and then they push in and um and pan out and then we see Kovich and we see all the other you know, like communicators I'm like wait what is going on why is there a Picard communicator I was so confused and then of course they, they started all their dialogue about yeah confirmation bias yeah we got this we got the council right the council I don't they probably didn't call it the council they call it the task force is that what they called it I mean, I think that I think sounds so. right. Anyway, Maybe. we'll go. Anyway, with it. they're on there. We got this mission. We got to go to the galactic barrier, right? And they're like, "Hey, we didn't attack their weapon. Book and Tarka attacked their weapon. How do we know that they think any that they'll recognize the distinction? Well, we we have to." And then Kovic is like, "I'm not going with you. I have something more important to deal with." And I'm like. What? What's more important? Yeah. Say what? Like, <laughs> it's like, is this their setup for season five, right? Is there, are they trying to set up a storyline for season five here with this? I hope it's not some big overarching thing. Well, more danger. More danger. It's always more danger, though. But we even <laughs> had, um, and I'm going to pull a chase here, one of the two, Bryce or Reese, whichever one that is, and I'm sorry, I just can never remember. It was, it was Bryce. Okay. I, that was going to be my call, but it was a 50-50, and I just didn't feel like gambling tonight. So That was, uh, that was like a week or so ago, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. Well, Bryce stays behind, too, for no. reasons. Well, well, the official reason is the actor is now one of the main characters on some television show on BET. Really? Right, that's nice. that's the reason, but like that at that moment, I know that's like our goodbye moment to this character. Are we ever gonna see him again? Probably not. Yeah, sad to see you go, but didn't really know you. It's like that scene packs no emotional weight at all. Like when there's when Saru is saying goodbye to Bryce, there. Oh, it'll be tough, difficult not having you come on this mission with us. But like, I don't even know who you are half the time. It's like, come on, all the like, memories. You remember that one time we talked about parasailing or something like that? It's like that? there's this conceit that the show says, you just have to believe us when this crew is a close family. We're not going to show you why they're a close family. We're just going to repeatedly tell you they're a close family, mm -hmm. and you have to believe us. Mm -hmm. and but not like, without scenes like this don't pack any emotional weight at all. It's like, okay, there's another guy who looks just like you, sorry to say, but he looks just like you who's taking your place. I, I will say, w without jumping around, but it was speckled throughout this, th th at least to me it did seem like that there was a, um, and I would call it a bit strange given the gravity of the potential situation that we're dealing with, but there was some sort of effort to like kind of touch base with all the characters in, the, in this episode. Like, even there was one part on the bridge, it's like, well, what are you going to do when you're going to go home? Oh, I'm going to go to Hawaii. Oh, I'm coming with you. Oh, I'm going to go here and I'm going to do this. But throughout this, we had moments with um, with with Adira and, uh, wow, I am forgetting. Stamets. 
any and all names tonight. Yeah, Stamets. Uh, Adir and Stamets, you know, kind of having a moment and, and even more with with our, you know, somewhat, we, we can't, he's totally not a tweedly mustache bad guy anymore in book, uh, you know, explaining more of the backstory. So it's like, they, I, I think that they were trying to give more... Um, uh, they were trying to make backstory. the characters more... Th- they're trying to get make him more three-dimensional yeah but it's it just it's kind of one of those almost a bit too little too late type right. of deals yeah. and my prediction from last week still stands oh um oh with no Vance. i'm t- i'm totally on that like there's that scene where the president Rillick is like i'm turning over control to the vice president i trust that you'll you'll do everything she needs and you'll be right there for her and I have all the faith in you in the world. I'm like, ooh, that's a bad sign. Like, Vance is biting it for sure. And when, right before Discovery jumps jumps away, Godspeed. we cut to, we cut to him yes. inside, and he's mm-hmm. watching the ship. It's like, he is not making it out of this season alive. Yeah, the way, the way that totally, that shot was. Like, that's a goodbye moment. The way that that reflection hit the screen, like whenever he said Godspeed, I'm like, Man, if if that's not him biting the bite, you know, just biting it and like going six feet under, I don't know what is, man. So yeah, like I'm, yeah. I think David, I think David predicted this one. You by did the like way. two episodes ago. You predicted that. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We still have one to three episodes left, so we'll see. <laughs> there's a okay. So there's a, there's a lot, but not much that happened in the first fourteen minutes. I mean, by the like, way. There's like the first of the many awkward conversations between Saru and and President Tarina. Oh, it's like, jeez, mm-hmm. these are awkward. You're two adults. Just like, say it, right? Like, like, hey, it is, it is a. Do you want to go to dinner? Do you want to go to dinner with me? Do you want to go on a date? Just like, say it. It, it, it was it was very much like, um, hey, can you find out if she likes me? Okay. I know it's like it's like I'm in school with my seventh graders, and they're like, "Hey, can you go talk to this person for me?" Like, I don't know. I don't want to go talk to them. I'm so nervous. What if they say no? Oh my god! Slip, slips a little note on their desk. Check yes or no. That's right. That's what I was thinking too. Like, where's the where's the note? Come on, where, where's like the little pad? You know, press yes or no if you like. Press, press yes or no. What Open happens when you, what happens when you send it press to yes. Saru at Starfleet.net. Yeah, what happens when you press yes? Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> you want to have no. some tea, baby? Man, that was awkward, right? It's like he says, do you want to go to dinner with me? And she's like, uh, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> and then Star after, Trek music. And then after they make their the jump, he's like, "Wait, I didn't think you were coming with us." Hey, baby girl, how you doing? What it's you like, doing? Oh, here? well, there there wasn't time for our our person to get here, so I just went. Because I like you, Saru. I like your threat ganglia. He doesn't have those nice anymore. Fava, with a nice fava bean. He doesn't have threat ganglia anymore. Remember? I know he doesn't, Eric. That was me attempting a joke. Okay, I'm sorry. I was trying to be funny, but I mean, wow. Anyway, 
Anything else okay. happen in this act one? There was a lot of hurry up and wait. Yeah, that's really this, what it boiled down to. That's the whole three episodes is hurry up and wait. Um, and then we had the first of, I think, two or three um, ship announcements. Yeah. Basically, yeah. like, um, I know you guys can do it. Let's go. Um, I mean, it, it, look, every, every captain in pressure situations addresses a ship. Yeah. There's there's always an addressing of the ship. I'm fine Isn't with I, that. Yeah, but, which I'm fine with, but it's it just, I, I don't know. It, it it was a weird speech because in the beginning I was like, oh, here we go. But then I didn't think it was like bad towards the end. It's just like, this could have been, just shorten it a little bit. Nope, just, just do some editing. I, I mean, I just think of, I'm, I'm trying to think of like the different times that we've had like other like captains addressing the ship and I don't know, like just to me, it just seems like Burnham is like maybe overdoing it with how many times that she addresses the ship compared to like the Kirks, the Picards, the Janeways, you know, um, of, of the, of, of Star Trek. Um, it just seemed like when they were doing it, it was like really like next level, like, oh shoot, stuff's about to go down. And like, I can maybe think of like times on like one hand where like he, like the, he or she would actually open a shipwide channel and be like, hey, this is what's up. Well, aren't we compared in a, to oh, like, shoot, compared to twice. stuff's about to go down moment though? Aren't we I supposed mean, to be in that moment sure. right here? Sure, but, but this happens twice in this episode. I'm pretty sure it happened last week and the week before. Yeah. And I, like, I realize, like, stakes are high, but it just, I mean, it's just, to me, it just seems like it's becoming, like, excessive. It just seems like... It very, it very much does. Like, well, let's just do the thing. Like, everyone knows that they need to be, like, ready to rock and roll and do their thing and do it well, do it with excellence. Just do the thing. Yeah, but, but hasn't there been a very concerted effort to touch on certain themes like communication in a different way. I mean, this has always been a very sh sherry kind of show, like where we're just almost oversharing. And I, and I kind of think that that's sort of the vibe that they're cultivating here. Like even with the, the confirmation bias thing in the beginning, that's not something that would typically have been explained. I mean, you, I'm, I'm happy to be disagreed with on that, but generally speaking, how many times have we had conversations about a universal translator, aside from when it was literally being built in Enterprise? Or when it was you know, broken and wasn't working, like in Darmok. Yeah. It doesn't work. Well, it, well, and then in that case, they figured out a way to communicate, but in, in this way, we didn't go into the deeper kind of almost psychological communication problems that we would have it's like over-reliance on this they, it might not work and effectively we're only confirming our bias by using our own technology and not being ready for other contingencies we're just thrown in and we're smart enough to know how to do that so I, I think this show has always been a little bit more about trying to address and or explain more I guess poignant themes now the success at that, I think, is a bit dubious, but at the at the end of the day, I, I, I think that 
the, the speech, the way it sets, was appropriate for the show in which we have created. Now, is it Kirk? No. I mean, Kirk, I, I swear a Kirk speech is like, we're going into danger. I know you'll do your jobs. Kirk out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And But this was more of, a, of an attempt to, you know, connect with the family element of the ship. And that's just my opinion. But to connect with the family element of the ship and almost overindulge uh, in that kind of like sort of motherly type of captain that Burnham has kind of been for a lot of these people, being almost overly emotionally supportive. Whether that works or not is up to the individual. It doesn't sure. work for me because for me personally, leadership style and or how I prefer to be led if I am led, that's not what I need. But it seems to be what the ship needs. Sure. Okay. Well, let's... Now that we're uh, we're past the first 14 minutes of, of this episode, um, apart from, you know, like, hey, we're going to get as close to the barrier as possible. That's basically what happens. I, I, have, a, I, I have a comment about that, but keep going. Um, this is where I think we could we could choose to like talk like strictly about like what happens with discovery, what strictly happens with like book and Tarka instead of like trying to intermingle it. Um, I think and it's a better it's, idea to talk one track and then yeah, yeah. Track. So I kind of, I kind of want to like maybe, I don't know. I think I'd rather talk about like Tarka, like book and Tarka, um, maybe first, if that's okay. Sure. Yep. I think maybe there's like, potentially like a little bit more stuff to maybe chew on perhaps at times with that stuff maybe um was there something that you wanted to say real quick eric well well we're jumping to the galactic barrier i have an issue with with the the reasoning and that the, the rationale that the show gives there but we can get to that okay so when we when we're when we're t- with uh, with book and tarka like everyone's basically saying like we need to be protected so like both 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 story points are essentially saying like we need some like type of protection we need provisions we need this that or the other thing to be able to get to the other side so we see the dots doing their thing before all this stuff happens i think if i'm not mistaken yeah because they've already been they've already um, shipped out and book and tarka um they they're like tarka's like i got a, i got a stash of this um, antimatter stuff that we can do to uh, wax on, wax off of this ship of ours, um, and it's 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 in a super secret hiding place, guys. So let's go to it. And book is pretty sus- pretty suspect, feeling pretty suspicious. Like he doesn't trust the guy based on like what he did at the end of last episode for crying out loud. And um, turns out, oh by the way. We're going to um, this this place, this colony, this station, this um, emerald chain prison colony. We find out um, that book is even more suspicious about now. Like you think I'm not going to recognize what this crap is, and uh, that's where we learn more and more about this friend that Tarka had been alluding to much earlier in the season, uh, which we think we finally get a name of um, Oros, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Yeah. And and uh, yeah. Yeah, so so here's the problem. We just talked about Bryce, who who's left the show. Presumably, we're never going to see him again. Didn't really know much about him. Three 
three and a half, four seasons. There's a moment where we're talking, David mentioned earlier, we're talking about our bridge crew, and we'll get to that later, where they're all talking about what they want to do. Cool, but you didn't earn that moment of talking about what we're going to do with them. Three and a half, four seasons with them. I feel like I know more about Tarka in four episodes than I learned about the bridge crew. The bridge crew of my ship in four seasons. And I think that's a problem. Like, I feel like some people were thinking they were setting up Tarka to be the bad guy and, like, maybe his experiment caused the DMA somehow or there was something that he was doing. I think that's probably not going to happen at this point. But, like, why are we spending so much time building this character and his backstory and learning about him if presumably he's just going to be here through the rest of the season? Like, maybe he has some huge moment to play in the finale. Maybe, maybe his friend is somehow partially responsible for the DMA and they're building it up. But it just feels strange to build up this character so much like this when presumably he's not going to be like a major have a major role moving past this season. I don't know, it feels odd to do you, me. Do you think Eric, do you think this just popped in my head, but do you think that um and this question goes to David too. Do you think that Tarka is like red herring himself? Like maybe he is actually part of species 10C, but he's doing his own type of like one century right, like the Vulcans did, of first contact to bring Milky Way folks into their galaxy? I hope not. Mm. I just I just feel like there's got to be more payoff to this than what they're than what than what we're expecting. Otherwise I don't understand the point. It feels like you're distracting from moments where you could build up your bridge crew. But I know that's not something this show is really interested in doing at this point. Sure. Well, <clears throat> rephrase it just a little bit. What if this were the payoff for a single episode? So you have a DMA you go through, you go to the Galactic Barrier, and then that's your payoff. Would that be more palatable? Like I just I just have to understand how he's fully connected to this. Like what is his going to be his connection to the DMA moving forward? No, I I, I get that. The 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 only thing that I'm saying is is that like we we've had we've had certain species like I don't know, just pops to mind like the traveler was was one. Where the traveler turned out to be more than just an assistant to an engineer. He was a traveler. So there was a bigger payoff, but it was done in, in one episode. So there was a, you know, a conflict. You're being thrown all over the place. Guy disappears, and Wesley is effectively on his path to becoming a traveler. I, I think that, that a lot of the problems that we see in Discovery could be condensed down to one episode and or maybe a, a season-ending arc, as opposed to being overstretched over the course of a season. Now... I'm not saying that the problem we're facing is worthy of only one episode. I'm just saying that if you had an episode where you had a problem, the DMA, you were compelled to go past the galactic barrier, you went there, and Tarka turned out to be one of these 10 seers, 
and it wound up being their attempt at first contact in a really strange, semi-conflicting way to understand how humans uh, view destruction, how uh, humans view uh, contact, how they communicate, how they deal with adversity and all of that. Would that be an acceptable episode or maybe two-episode arc of an older show? Taking Discovery out of the equation. I mean, I, we've I, I seen think that so. done. I think so, but but that you're assuming that Tarka plays a role moving forward, and I just, it, sure. yeah, I'm not, I'm not I, sure that I, I'm seeing that, and that's my confusion. Right. No, and, and I don't necessarily think that's the way it, it will be either. I, I was just sort of condensing down into the into another idea of a potential episode or <clears throat> episode arc, but no, I mean, I think ultimately, you know, there. It is strange that they build up Tarka as much as they have. And it's only strange because we haven't done that, as, as you guys have both mentioned at times and in, you know currently, that we haven't built up the actual bridge crew that we're supposed to spend the, the majority of the time with. We've only ever gotten, really, Burnham's arc and, to an extent, Saru's arc. So those are really the characters that we know about. But Tarka, I mean, we're, we're effectively explaining his entire story, which leads to two paths in my mind. Either one, he's going to get his paradise planet. Or two, he is going to probably sacrifice himself in some way, shape, or form for the greater good. Or a third contingent, which I don't think is, is applicable here, he will somehow do something incredibly stupid and evil and stuff and... And then, uh, you know, he'll cry as he dies. I mean, I think we're past the, the evil villain, right? I think after this episode, I don't think you can make him, like, a big villain. Because this whole, I mean, sometimes you want to try to humanize your villain, in a sense. But I think this episode sort of humanized him too much, where mm -hmm. I think painting him as a villain after this episode would be a big mistake. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I hate to, like even come back to this but with um with the guy that or you know with his lab partner his you know cellmate whatever that we meet um at one point and even during this conversation i was thinking like what if oros because like i didn't recognize the species and if y'all did please clue me in but like what if oros was is like a 10 seer perhaps and he was captured by the emerald chain i don't know i'm just like theorizing the heck out of stuff you're welcome y'all because like he he refers to this like, um, uh, like this parado paradise at one point, like this this peaceful happy place, um, as as his relationship, like their relationship kind of unfolds or friendship or whatever, unfolds, in their time in that prison colony. So, we'll see, I guess. Because like it looked weird. I mean, like it like the it was a species I I just had never recognized before. Anyway. So, yeah, we have, like, the little matrix dot, like, the little, like, plug-in point on the back of their heads um, as, as, um, as prisoners. And we find out, you know, as part of, like, Tarka being, um, being there with Oros, Tarka was by himself. Like, he'd have conversations with himself just to hear, like, a voice instead of just, like, you know, his, like, just keeping to himself, essentially. And there's... I mean, I, I liked I liked how this like evolved in the episode for the most part. Um, how it wasn't just like buddy buddy at first, 
that there was like some evolution over time to the point where there was like a very vulnerable moment uh, with Oros even. Um, and like Tarka sees his buddy like hurting and goes in to comfort him. And um, I mean, I, 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 li- I liked how all that evolved and how they were like, we need to get the heck out of here. And um, how that ultimately played out towards the end. Yeah. Um, in, the, in these flashbacks. They have some cute moments, right? Hey, yeah. let's recite the digits of the golden ratio, right? You know, and then like a touching moment where they're like writing equations in the air, right? And then like there's like the air raid sign essentially. And he, uh, like it's like a traumatic event for him and he comforts him. There's some some good moments there of of friendship and then more right and it is a, it's a good story right i just i'm still going back to the why are we seeing it part so was any of that math stuff like like you just i mean sure there were random stuff i mean there were symbols but like i don't i mean you know the gradient symbol being one of them the laplacian symbol those are definitely things that that you recognize as a mathematician absolutely recognized it eric okay, as an android the, the how upside much down the upside down triangle it's called it's called the gradient symbol. Okay. When you put the upside down triangle and you put the squared up there, that's called the Laplacian. Got it. I'll remember that. Confirmed. Eric understands alien math. Got it. <laughs> I mean, I recognize this universe. I recognize symbols because I am a mathematician. <laughs> so when are you inventing that transporter? Remember, it, it's it's a fiction. It doesn't work. What? Right. That we learned that was the story. Right. That Tarka was put there to like prove that this guy wasn't doing what he said he was doing in exchange for getting his own freedom. Right. So the transport doesn't work. Man, Eric. See- you see how he just glossed over the fact that I accused him of making a transporter? He's like, oh, yeah, the one in the show doesn't work. Eric has a transporter, confirmed. Real tra- He's transporting beagles across great distances as an experiment. We get That's it. Right. You know, lose one every now and then. Don't do it. Don't do it. There might be a certain admiral that gets on your case, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Bad news bears. God, I hated okay. that reference in that movie. Right, I, I appreciate on, any reference on. to Archer. Yeah, but Just, there's no way that beagle would still be alive at that point. There's like a hundred-year-old beagle. <laughs> well, he could have multiple beagles. Come <laughs> on, man. I mean, anyway. unless, like, unless Porthos was a golem. An android Next. dog. Next. <laughs> <laughs> This one was D'Artagnan, you know. He just keeps uh, keeps bringing yeah. up musketeers. So anyway, yes, that was a good part of the show. Probably the better part for me of the show. Uh, actual backstory and and even book kind of understanding a little bit more of a person that he's kind of a bit shaky on. So, and then, you know, with all that backstory, we, which we just basically flew through. Um, of course, you know, we, we do get to the actual lab that's in ruins, essentially. Um, been a lot of a lot of moon cycles since um, they were there. Where we find, like, the, the antimatter to do the thing to get to the place, to do the stuff. 
Yep, the programmable antimatter. Yep. Yeah. Now we've got our stash. Yep. Got the stash under the sand. Mm-hmm. And that's, if I'm not mistaken, that's pretty much it for Book and Tarka. Yeah. Yep. Basically. Okay. Yep. All right. To the discovery. Okay. Yay. Can I go first? Yeah, go ahead, Eric. Okay. He raised in, his hand, y'all. I know. <laughs> in season one, in season one, when Stamets, our astromycologist, who now is turned into chief engineer, anyway, that's beside the point. We'll get to that later. Um, he said the mycelial network runs through the entire universe. It runs through parallel universes. The entire problem that they faced in the mirror universe was there's only one mycelial network between multiple universes and the big ship that George you did Emperor George you did her command from was going to destroy the mycelial network in both universes right but now apparently the mycelial network doesn't stretch through the entire universe and multiple universes it only works in our galaxy and it dies out the closer you get to the galactic barrier this show back-to-back weeks has broken its own rules right last week it broke the rules of what happened inside the dma no longer was it stormy weather no longer was it we can't spore jump inside the dma we'll do that all we want clean smooth sailing that broke its own rule last week Show's breaking its own rule again for what? Plot convenience? I just, it upsets me when a show doesn't follow its own rules. I don't know if this bugs anybody else, but it bugs the heck out of me. I guess I hadn't thought about that too much, but. Um, I mean, how much do we think could have changed with the network itself in 900 some odd years in but terms no of like one was using it no one was using it right they couldn't get a spore drive to work in 900 that was the whole point so i mean like potentially like it's it's a jungle of fungus that so like the like so like the road the roadway should be well developed for us to be able to go to the end of the milky way but even past the Milky Way, it connects the entire universe. Sure. Not just but our like, galaxy. Sure. But like we have the line of dialogue like I'm missing I'm missing five light years. What's up with that? So like I mean by by what we're by what you're saying, like we should have been able to definitely get to where we said we were going to get, like with those nine some odd light years or whatever. Well, we should be able to use the mycelial network to go right past the galactic barrier. There shouldn't, we shouldn't, like, that shouldn't be any issue. Yeah, I guess the only argument you could make, <clears throat> although I, I, you know, I'm not sciencey enough to really make a suitable argument, but, I mean, the galactic barrier is, um, I mean, for lack of better words, a really rough place. So could it be somewhat, somewhat applicable that maybe the mycelial network maybe doesn't run or doesn't run correctly in that space, but maybe once they're past it, it could again? Well, then once they get past it, we see them in warp traveling to this new planet. We don't even see them, hey, why don't we just 
spore jump right to this new planet? Why do we travel in, at warp? Yeah, I guess I'm so more I guess talking the show theoretical. Is, I know, than, but the show is yeah. still making the argument that once we get outside of our galaxy, we can't spore jump. And I guarantee you that will be a plot point in one of these next episodes. They can't spore jump outside of the galaxy. Or, or I guarantee at the very end, that. I guarantee that will end, be a plot point. Spore jump. They'll just spore jump home at the very end. Right, after they said they couldn't. <laughs> I don't know. It's just I just I don't think the show's following its own rules and I think when a show establishes rules, it needs to follow them. I mean, especially if you're you're dealing with like so many decades of like you know, canon development essentially. Yeah. Like building upon it anyway. And then and then I have another issue. Okay. So we've jumped 9 light years short, right? You owe me five light years. Yeah, whatever. It's just five light years, right? Then, like, that could delay us. Set course, maximum warp. You don't travel at maximum warp everywhere. What is this show's fascination with set course and engage at maximum warp? You can't travel at maximum warp for extended periods of time. You just can't do that, right? Yeah, that's like that's like our speedometer saying 120 on it. And you trying to sustain 120. It's For an entire, like, engine. I'm trying to drive from San Antonio to Fort Worth to see Chase, and I'm going to go 120 miles an hour the entire time. Even if there was a clear road and I could theoretically do that, I couldn't do that. My right. car wouldn't take it. Neither what with the police. What don't you guys understand about got to go fast? All right? We, I get we gotta it. got to fly. I get it, but, like, 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 in Voyager, their standard cruising speed is warp 6. So when they say, set course for home and engage warp, warp 6 is standard cruising speed. The Voyager is capable of going warp 9.94, right? We see that in several episodes. They're chasing down the slipstream ship. They're chasing down a Borg cube. And they're like, go faster. And they're like, we're at warp 9.9. 9.94. Given it all we've got. Right? And the ship is, like, literally shaking apart after 10 seconds. Uh, you just you don't travel everywhere at your maximum speed. You just can't do it for extended periods of time. That's why you can't sprint for a full mile, right? Unless you can sprint for a minute, uh, right? But you can't sprint for a mile. Unless you're, like, the one guy, which I can't remember his name. Something Bolt, I think. Usain Bolt? No, he can't sprint for a mile. I mean, I'm sure he could. No, I don't think he could. That's the next Twitter poll. The next. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, anyway, it's just my little gripe. You can, you can go on. Okay. Okay. One other thing, just just to uh, just add on here, just because we talked about it pre pre episode. Uh, so concerning the galactic barrier, I had to sort of get the get the guys. It's like, wait, we've been through the galactic barrier before. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, did we have all of these issues? Did we have to bubble jump in these jelly bubbles in space? Is is this something that we had to do? Or no, no. But <laughs> why the guy did we went, have to jelly bubble hop? The guy went crazy. He he's ESP. Yeah, Gary Mitchell went off the chart and he became a godlike character and wanted to kill everybody. Yeah. That's true. That's Sweet. that's where no man has gone before. 
Yep. And uh, we also had like some uh, Calvins getting involved in some stuff too when it came to like galactic barrier Andromeda galaxy type stuff going on. By any other name. Yep. So when we've had like these, um, you know, we're leaving the Milky Way type um, adventures. Like we have had like some shenanigans take place in terms of like the storytelling of Star Trek, but nothing along the lines of, um, you know, magic carpet riding ourselves on a jellyfish, you know, to um, to a parallel galaxy. Listen, I gotta say though, there was some pretty good techno babble. I know David's always like, give me the techno babble. I don't care. Like, yeah. there was some pretty good techno babble when Stamets comes. He's like. I got an idea. Don't thank me. Thank Heisenberg. We can, <laughs> can go into this little jelly pocket, and there are different ones. There are ones that look colored instead of just plain gray, and there's some re- and we like some pretty good techno babble. Okay. All right. And then, well, oh yeah, our visible spectrum is going to change for some reason, and we went into like grayscale for reasons. I think I know where where, where some of the conversation is going to go when we get to the Delta. This is going to be great. <laughs> um, yeah, so... So we set maximum warp, and we're, we're jellyfishing our way, and we're... We don't know how long this thing is going to take um, at some point. Like, we're, we're kind of like... Again, we're hurrying up and waiting inside this bubble for things to kind of help us, like, get through. Or, or move or do something. And along the way, oh, by the way, Burnham, we have a, we have um, some that we have to attend to. This is President Rillick. So I think one thing that we, we neglected, and let, let me just like talk about this very briefly. We don't have to camp out on it. But um, before the Discovery jumps and does their thing to go towards the barrier, we find out that there are several delegates that are going to really be um, coming along to represent the different factions, essentially. And uh, among those, of course, is President Rillick, which we did talk about, like, hey, Vice President's going to be doing doing their thing. Cool. Uh, Tarina's hopping along. We also have a Ferengi. A Ferengi. Who, random yeah, Ferengi. Have, um, and then we have uh, General um, Ndoye, right, from um, Earth slash Titan, who's representing. And um, we have, like, the random Dr. Harai astro-linguistic dude that's come along as well. Am I forgetting someone? Or is that it? No, I think that's the big ones. Okay, so. so so yeah, we have we have all these folks. So that's why, again, we have we have Relic, but we also have some other folks there too. And we get this random hail. Uh, this like this uh, classified communication that is for Relic and Burnham only. And um, oh, by the way, it's um, it's Admiral Vance and. Um, there's stuff that is hitting the fan back home. DMA is coming, and they're about to unleash some some major, major shenanigans on um, Earth and Titan and uh, even Navarre. And uh, there's this, this conversation of, like, do we, go, do we tell the folks? Do we not tell the folks? Do we keep going? Do we stay? Uh, what, what do we do? And um, that becomes, like, this, like, I think kind of like this unnecessary tension um, in this episode, I mean, for real, of, of like, what do we do? Well, we got to talk to them. We have to do what we can to go talk to them. So we should probably keep 
going. I don't know. That's just me. I mean, it's like we can't turn... Well, we're going to turn back right now, right? And like, hey, what are we going to do? We're going to go stop this thing? We, we, we know we can't stop it. So it's like, what does turning around or like even like matter at this point we can't well I, th- I think it just gives a little bit of a of a rise to like m- well I guess more Rillick's personal backstory of her, her like her partner being on the moon or something like that if I'm remembering that yeah. correctly yeah so I, th- I think it's it, I think it's more of a vessel but the other thing too how often do we just argue with the president like how often how often do we just get that like what why is there such a there's such a it's just such a strange command structure and and i know you guys keep saying this isn't a military organization but it totally is and i will i i will argue that until the end because it totally is militarily structured where there is a clear chain of command but my god do we just like have this back and forth and back and forth with Burnham and, and, and Rillick. Well, it's Burnham's personality. She's insubordinate. She she has this holier-than-thou attitude where she thinks she can. she's important enough where she can do this, and no one calls her out on it. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I mean, I, I will say, though, that through this conversation, I actually kind of did like what what Burnham what, did kind of say here because, she, you know, she was talking about her her own personal anger and, and even her, her feelings about Navarre and, and, you know, Navarre and Earth in my home and all this good stuff. So I didn't, I didn't really have a huge problem with that, but like, I, I think I agree with Chase that the whole thing just was a little bit unnecessary with it seemingly the only payoff being getting just a snippet of Rillick's kind of like life behind the scenes type of deal. Well, that might I, be oversimplifying. I, I but. think the other thing to it is, David, you mentioned this earlier, where we get this moment where all of the bridge crew are talking about the things they want to do when they get back. And they're like, I want to go skiing here. I want to go hiking up this trail. Or I want to well, go hey, oh, climb by this the way, mountain. By oh, the by way, the way. Reese, Reese wants to go to the Pacific Crest Trail, so I'm cool with Reese now. That's pretty sweet. No, but it's like they're all talking about these things they want to do. And I think they're supposed to be added tension there because maybe the maybe earth is going to be destroyed earth is not going to be destroyed maybe vulcan's going to be destroyed vulcan is not going to be destroyed star trek or it's not even vulcan excuse me navarre like star trek is not going to do that but there's supposed to be this tension there of like they're talking about all these things they want to do but maybe they won't be able to do them if they're not successful in this mission but, like, I had a really big problem with this moment because, again, I don't know if this moment is earned by all these bridge crew members where they're, like, we're supposed to feel invested in their stories of, like, hey, this is what I like to do, this is what I like to do, but we don't know anything about them. Like, Nilsson doesn't even have a first name. Like, the character it's, it's literally Commander. doesn't have a first name. She is Lieutenant Commander Nilsson. In the credits. That's it. Not even a name. Did we like, check memory alpha real quick? No, there's no name listed for this character. <laughs> but it's like this moment, This moment. it's just like one of, another one of these things that like, 
We talked about it with Lieutenant Bryce leaving. Okay, you're leaving, but this moment rings hollow for me. And, like, this moment where they're all talking about what they want to do, and, like, there's this lingering tension of maybe Earth is not going to be there, it rings hollow to me. Like, there's no emotional weight behind it because I haven't learned anything and I haven't really been invested in these characters. Man, Memory Alpha, how dare you not have a first name for Nilsa? The character does not have a first name. Man. She's like Wish Uhura. She's like Uhura. <laughs> it's just Uhura. Nice. You want to give her one? Let's give her Let's give her a name. Well, the actress's name is Sarah. I was just going to say that. <laughs> I didn't even know that. She totally is a Sarah. Oh, that's weird. I didn't even know what the actress's name was. Let's do it. It's Sarah. Do it. Sarah Midditch, right? Yeah. Sarah, Nielsen, Sarah, Lieutenant Commander Sarah Nielsen. There we go. We've Nilsen. we've done it. Nielsen. Nielsen. Whatever. Nielsen. Nielsen ratings. Nielsen. It's all the same thing. We don't know her. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, that, that's her name, Sarah. Sarah, Sarah Nielsen. There, there we, go. we go. Lieutenant Commander Sarah Nielsen. On this show, Lieutenant Commander, you have a first name because we care. Because we care. Because we care. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, fine. Um so anyway, um now that we've we've done some jellyfishing, we've heard some some super secret messages. Um there's a there's a little bit of flirting along the way between Tarina and Saru where it's check yes or no if you like me type of thing or check yes or no if you want to have dinner together type of thing um, and I mean I don't really know how much more there really is I to mean, talk about I mean there's we run into a traffic jam right like our, our jellyfish bubble gets <laughs> stuck and we're like maybe we just gotta wait it out I don't know no we can't just wait it out we gotta go 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 and so we gotta like go out back into the barrier outside of our protection but there's hey our shield's gonna last long enough and in a in a funny moment they're doing the countdown and they reach the safe bubble at like six yeah. <laughs> they're like like that no that was fun i laugh pretty pretty hard at that because you know it's always like one or two one, when you reach yeah. the safety they reach it at six <laughs> But by the way, Eric, I'm pretty sure that you were not attempting to make a pun, but traffic jam, jellyfish, <laughs> oh, jam right. bubbles. Okay, I enjoyed yeah. that more than I should. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's some moment where the ship gets hit and it does like it spins around when it gets hit, right? And whoop, we're back on track. A little cool, little moment with the ship. But yeah, I mean, there really wasn't much going on there. And then, I mean, after we get out of the jam, we end up in the barrier, and um, and it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool being out there, even though there aren't as many stars and it's super quiet in space. Which well, there shouldn't be any stars between the in the void between galaxies, right? I mean, I guess that's why it's called the void. <laughs> I didn't think there were stars in between galaxies. I mean, I don't know. I'm not an astronomer or an astrophysicist, but... And 
once we arrive, then we have like that the thing that I absolutely love about this show, another shipwide address. And this time, instead of it being good old Burnham, we have Madam President. President Ira Rillick. Saying a little something something. And um, it's after we talk about like where we're going to go on our shore leave on Earth, which, like, why would you, I mean, like, yeah, okay, Earth is kind of cool, I guess. Like, you have, like, some cool places around the world. But, like, go to Ryza for, like, shore leave. Okay, right? but, like, if, you're, if you've been to Ryza and you've never been to Earth, then maybe you want to try something different. It's like, do I always want to go to the Bahamas? Do I al- or do I want to, like, try to go to, like, Greece or something? I'm just saying. <laughs> look, look, guys, they haven't been to Earth in 900 years, okay? That's not, that's not true. They, they hugged went, a tree. They, they hugged a tree last year. Fine. Okay. <laughs> just poke holes in my... They, you know, they weren't there for an extended... I don't know. Just they weren't even, ex- like, really welcome. Just no, down they were turned up. away. They're like, sorry, you can't come, come through our super secret space door to Earth anymore. Stay away. No, I mean... Um, and yeah, so and Rillick is like, by the way, stuff's going down back home now that we're not at home anymore. So you might not be able to go to uh, the Pacific Northwest or Tennessee or wherever you want to go for your camping trip. Can't visit Graceland. Dang it. Yep. From yep. what I understand, no. Graceland is pretty disappointing. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. W- way, way to poke holes. Welcome <laughs> to the Poking <laughs> Holes podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yep. And then we find, uh, hey, look, there's a planet two light years away from the little hyperbubble, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know what's there, but let's go check it out. Is it that we're... Guys, okay, hear me out for a second. Hear me out. Are we about to, I don't know, discover something? <laughs> oh, golly gee, what an idea. Well, so they they have the coordinates to the planet, right? To the hyperbubble or the planet? No, to to the actual like the ten C planet. Wasn't yeah, the, that the it's whole... it's the it's a hyperbubble. That's what I'm. They're like okay, there's no gotcha. planet, but it's the bubble. So the answer to that chase is no. There's no discovering at all. They're going to go to directly to where they're supposed to go because that's a, the, it's no. One but track at the line. end of the ship, they're on their way to the planet, two light years Don't away. And you know what? In next episode, they'll be like, oh, yeah, so we didn't go there because the bubble. The bubble. <laughs> we had to go find the bubble. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, yeah. Sure. I mean, their timetable was already messed up by those extra five light years. Yeah, I know. We're behind by like two minutes, guys. You, Come on. You, what do you think you this is, Mario Kart? Up, you can make it up by going faster, right? When you're running late, instead of going 70 on the highway... You can make it up by going 80 for a small stretch of time. That's right. Small Let's fly, period guys. of time. <laughs> Let's fly. Let's go. Let's fly. Let's do this. Let's go. Uh, yeah. uh, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna check out the ship. Um, we're gonna you know just make sure things are okay, kind of, and we're gonna go in because we have to succeed. We have to, and that's it. So that's it. Yay! Yep. We got through it. And Quick episode. About the show. It was a quick but slow there were times in this episode that i thought like the pacing was good but there were others i was like hmm what do i need to clean that up in my office <laughs> i think 
think I need to touch that up. Anyway. Are you trying to tell me the father-daughter moment between Stamets and, and Adira didn't just like, hey, just call, you know, just grab your attention? Can you even call it a father-daughter moment? Is that even appropriate? Oh, yeah. You just have to call it a father-child moment, right? Yeah, sure. There you go. Or a person-person relationship. A parental parental child relationship. Yes. A guardian ward relationship. Oh, I see what you did there with the word guardian. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't as good as jam chase, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I do what I can. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's do let's, the things. <laughs> any final comments before we go into ratings or evaluation stuff? No. Okay. No. No, none whatsoever. All right, let's move into the Delta. This is your first time listening to the Delta rating where we look at the different divisions of Starfleet service and um, how well it is or is not displayed and um, in terms of representation for command, which has to do with like leadership, leadership theory, what we expect of captains and commanders and stuff like that, as well as um, science, which has to do with, you know, science. And uh, finally, with um, the engineering and operations Thanks, David. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> engineering with uh, techno babble and engineering and stuff our way out of stuff and starship operations. Okay, someone save me. Okay. Someone just all right, go, all right. Listen, first. listen. Techno babble. Good, right? All around, right? We're hey, engineering. You need to figure out us a way to get us through this galactic barrier. Oh yeah, we're gonna do this, this, this. Thank Heisenberg. He was a good engineer, right? We're going to go into this jelly bubble, and then we're going to fly into a different jelly bubble. Okay, there's good engineering, right? I'm, I'm glad. Like, this is the first time we've ever been able to talk about engineering stuff on this, sh- on this show. Good engineering. There's good science going, right? Mostly in our side story, right, with Book and Tarka. They're talking about, hey, you know, we're building this machine, to science our way to like some new portal, right? Right. So there's there's science happening. There's science also happening to get us through the barrier. That's fine. Like I'm fine with giving this episode an engineering and a science. Like I want to give an engineering rating. Like I've been dying to give an engineering thing all season long and I'm giving one here. Maybe it's like small, but I'm giving it. Um Eric's thirsty for it. I know I'm thirsty. I am. I'm going to take a drink here really soon. Um, <laughs> of water. Right? <laughs> of water. <laughs> um, no. So, leadership. I struggle with leadership here because, like David said, why are we questioning the president so much? Like, we, why are we doing this? I thought these two had worked through their issues earlier. Like, I just... When you have the Federation president come on your ship, like, maybe there's a little bit more respect due to this person than, like, maybe you're showing her. And I know you feel like you're self super important, Michael Burnham. Maybe sometimes people have made you feel important, but maybe you should give her a little bit more respect. I don't know. That's just me. Um, yeah, and, like, I just... I. I'm not a fan of Michael Burnham's command style. Like these repeated messages to the to the entire ship. Like just they, I just don't like that as a command style. Um 
but I don't really think this episode did a lot to to give Michael Burnham a chance to like be a captain, right? Okay, we're flying the ship through the barrier. Okay, we're I'm here you, engineering. You came with an idea. Let's do the idea, and that was it, right? So there wasn't really there wasn't any places for her to make a decision. So I struggle with the leadership and the command aspect of it all. Mm. Okay, David. Um, so yeah, I mean, science and engineering were pretty evident. <clears throat> um, not only, I mean, granted the antimatter shield things didn't really work very well. They at least worked. I mean, we had to do some jelly surfing. But, I, I mean, I, I think uh, creative solutions to problems uh, was there. Technobabble was there. I mean, I think you can you can argue for science as well. Um, even the whole Tarka storyline where we're building this transporter thing, which didn't technically work. You know, you got to see Eric's uh, space math, which is space math. So that counts for something, right? Um so sure, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. You could give a delta for both of those. The the, the command thing, um, the the command thing is 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 always interesting. And I w while Eric was talking there, I started thinking a bit about it, about how command is done here. Now, I'm not necessarily commenting on Burnham's command style. However, traditionally, in a lot of these shows. You had a captain giving a command, the crew executing said command. Now, suggestions come out, and that's where you got your round table of techno babble, which was always cool because we all reasoned our way through it and we came to a command decision, and that decision rests with the captain. But think about how often a captain is given like a uh a, a command to their to their navigator or their you know their pilot or whatever you know course correct to this you know do this do that whereas in this we kind of give Detmer almost like free reign she's just piloting the ship there's there's no real commands as to the piloting of the ship Detmer just kind of does it Stamets just kind of does it like he just does the solutions and you know Burnham's like you know what happened to my five light years so while I, I, I don't I'm, I'm not I'm not necessarily wanting to bash her command style, I don't necessarily always see her commanding. It seems like the ship itself kind of could run despite Michael not in 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 combination with Michael. Now with that being said, her actual uh, command the, the way in which she, her managerial style, I guess I would call it, as opposed to a command style, is mm -hmm. fine. I, I, there are people that really like that kind of thing. Whereas, like me, being a manager, I'm not outwardly touchy-feely. I, I, I don't engage in that. I don't necessarily get to know everybody's backstory. I know enough to allow them to empower themselves to do what they need to do to get through their workday. And then sure. I will assist them with problems that they have or point them in the right direction. But with Michael, it's very much more uh, kind of like a, uh, a guardian role. 
a, a motherly role, a nurturing role. But her conversation with Rillick, I actually did kind of like because she laid out some of her things that she's feeling to connect with Rillick, who I think in a way had her had her own sort of visceral reaction to the fact that Earth is in trouble, Navarre is in trouble. You know, my partner's on the moon; he's in trouble. So, you know, I think if she had the decision, she might have turned back because I think she realized that I'm the president. I probably should be there, not here, which I think is a bad command decision on her part. I think she should have been back with the Federation personally. That's just me. But I, I mean, as far as a command Delta, I would probably give it solely based upon the fact that we are seeing a command style. It's just not necessarily what I think most of us would prefer, but it is there and the ship does run. It's just, I think the ship could run despite Michael being captain. I gotcha. I gotcha. The, um, the, the first thing that comes to mind whenever we're like talking about um, the science, uh, which e- even even the engineering, I think the the thing that like is the most obvious to me is certainly the Tarka storyline, like all the flashbacks and everything that we're seeing on the colony. Um, I was really enjoying that. Um, I I totally picked up on the the lopsided equation thing that whatever the term was. Laposian. Laplacia. That's the thing. I totally knew that, by the way. I'm kidding. Laplace was a French scientist. I did not know that. Um, anyway, um, I really, I really did enjoy that. Um, just the the different, like the different points with with Book and Tarka and Tarka and Oros, um, and in really fleshing those characters out like we've we've talked about uh, quite a bit tonight I believe uh, today tonight whatever and even with uh, the the Stamet stuff I didn't mind it there's like there, uh, I'm just gonna bring it up here but like there's just like just this thing that Stamets does that like just like makes me like smirk a little bit like chuckle a little bit like whenever he's talking it's just like kind of like how he talks about like a solution or like what's going on to the camera it just seems kind of i don't know spastic kind of silly at times like if you just like watch him like whenever he's like just in the frame and in um the 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 spore room whatever because it's not engineering he's in the spore room basically and uh, anyway so so i like that the command stuff um I don't have a problem giving it, but it was just, to me, it was just kind of jumping around. Um, I, I mean, I didn't, like, I had, like, some questions, like, I still have questions, like, what's Kovic's role? Like, why is why is Kovic so important that he's the one that's leading this meeting of folks, right? And not Rillick or Vance or whoever. I mean... Kovic is wearing some kind of Tricom badge with some kind of like rank insignia on it. But what is it? Like what is higher than Vance that that um, Kovic is able to like run this meeting unless he was just empowered to um, you know by Vance or Rillick or whatever. But like we have like we, we have Indoya, we have Tarina, we have Rillick, we have Vance, um, and 
whoever the heck else we have at this meeting, Dr. Harai. Um, and like Rillick or, um, you know, Kovic is leading this. Rillick is leaving, empowering the vice president, which we still have no idea who the vice president is. So, and, and the fact that I, I've enjoyed the, the maturation of sorts, I suppose, when it comes to Burnham in ways. Um, especially like how she kind of conducts herself, but I would, I mean, like what, what date, what you were talking about, David, here just a moment ago, like this whole empowering folks to like go do their thing. Like, do we need to like give an order for every time we need to make a left turn? No. Um, like set a course and like, I guess, correct. But I guess, I guess we just didn't hear like all the nuance of it. So I'm, I'm just filling time at this point. Like I have no problem giving a command Delta, um, but it's just. I don't know. Anyway, in science, engineering, it's all there. So, yay, we finally got to give all three this episode. I only gave two. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Good talk. Okay. All right. Now the moment we are kind of waiting for, and that is the number rating. Let's let's go into um, the rate. Let's rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a dumpster fire, 10 being absolutely amazing. So, uh... Who wants to kick us off? Eric is is <laughs> raising his finger this time. Okay, so so I have a really big problem with the way this season has been constructed. Like, I don't, I like, I guess I do mind that we have some overarching story, right? And it's like that's just what this show is, and it tells us a big story and. All the like, I, it's fine. Like that's the way television is now, right? And that's fine. The problem is this story is going nowhere. Like it's literally going nowhere. This is the third episode in a row that we've just been like plodding along. We're, we're just plodding along. We're we're dragging our feet essentially, right? And we're just trying to build up to the excitement to some big finale. And quite frankly, I think we're going to be underwhelmed by the finale. I really do. And we're just like, we're going. This was a total, like, setup episode, right? Which is fine. Sometimes you have to have setup episodes. But it was like, okay, we're going through the galactic barrier. And that was it. That's all we did. Like, right. it's like one of those chapters, if it was in a book. You'd be like, all right, I got this. Maybe I'll just go on to the next chapter, right? <laughs> like, ah, okay, sure. we're traveling through the barrier, right? Next chapter. It's just like, <laughs> okay, yeah, we did it. Like, yay, we got through the barrier, right? It's like, but then at the same time, in the show, while in our world, the show is going nowhere. It's like dragging its feet. It's like, we got to fill up a 13-episode order, Maybe our story's not big enough for 13 episodes, but we got to fill up 13 episodes. And that's in our world. But then in the show, in the show's universe, like, the clock is ticking. The clock is ticking, right? Like, oh, my God, the clock is ticking. It, the DMA's got 12 hours before it moves. Or, oh, it just jumped to Earth 71 hours before it might destroy Earth. And, like, tick, 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 tick. Where am I... Where are my five light years you owe me? Like, oh, we're going to be behind schedule. And, like, so it's like the show is trying to, like, say the stakes are high, the clock is ticking, time is imminent. 
But then as we're watching it, it's going nowhere. It's like, it's like, it, and I ha I'm struggling with these two things. Like, how we feel in our world and how we're supposed to feel for the characters watching the show. And it's just, it's hard for me to reconcile. And I've just been three episodes in a row where I've kind of been, like, bored. Like, honestly. And I'm like, are we going to get two more boring episodes and then, like, a big explosive finale? I mean, that kind of seems like what the show has done in the past, right? And then I also have these moments where I watch the show and I feel like they're trying to do these character moments that just don't work for me. Like, I should care about the characters for the sake of them being characters. Like, almost four seasons in, I should care about Awushakun, right? I should care about Detmer. Like, our communications officer on our bridge crew the entire time, he's leaving. I should care about him leaving, right? I should care, but, like, I don't. And, like, when the show tries to give us these moments, it's like it doesn't work at all. And I'm just, I'm very disappointed with this. I want to like our characters. I want to be invested in them as characters. Like, I'm invested in the characters from The Next Generation, from Deep Space Nine, from Voyager, right? From Enterprise, mostly. I mean, like, Hoshi and Travis are, like, maybe not so much. And Reed, maybe not so much. But, like, the core group, sure. And it's like, I'm like, I just don't care. And so, like, that, those moments fall hollow for me, and I'm just bored. I'm really bored. Like, I got up, I got up to watch this episode because I couldn't sleep, and this episode almost put me to sleep. Oh, <laughs> like, like oh, and goodness. then I, I watched it a second time tonight before we came on, and I was, like, cleaning up, right? I just moved. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to, it's on in the background. I'm going to go move some boxes or, like do some dishes and like it's on in the background it wasn't even focused Man. right i know it's like but with that said this episode was better than the last two episodes i think right because there was at least some like the tarka story was at least interesting right and so like i don't want to be too hard on this like i know like, Chase has been really hard on some of these last yeah. episodes. And I'm like, maybe we got to get it out of the fours to, like, balance some of this out. I don't know. I gave last week, like, what, like a 5.4? Like, I don't want to be too hard. I mean, like, IMDb says it's a 5.7. Yeah, that, I, I mean, that, like, 5.8 might be right. 5.8 in the six range. Like five point eight, five point nine. I don't know. I don't want to be too hard, but it's just boring. It's boring. Pick what? Pick a number. Five point nine. Five point nine. Wow. Okay. Go ahead, David. Uh, yeah. I. I mean, it, it wasn't as bad as the last couple of episodes, which we, we pretty much just flamed. But, there th there are issues. There are a lot of issues with this, and I, I generally don't care much for filler episodes. You know, we talked previously about, you know, going through a book in another universe in a galaxy far, far away that was literally just 350 pages of one event that was inevitable. It was clear it was not going to be stopped, and we just murdered people in it. Um, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't understand why someone would 
spend the time to write all of this down. It's not, it's not just like an episode, it's not TV, it was a book. Somebody literally spent their time to do that, to write and edit and the second draft, first draft, all this stuff. In television, this sort of filler stuff is more common, but it's never going to be one of my favorite things in the world. Um, I think that the issue of the galactic barrier was supposed to be more impactful than it was. It wasn't. We made jokes about it. We called it jelly surfing or whatever, jelly fishing, or, you know, we got jammed up. I'll remember that one, Eric. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it just, the, what have I been saying for like weeks and weeks about character development and like, please just like make us care about these characters. Like I want to, I want to know, I want a, a Nielsen episode. I want to, I want to actually have a name. We made up a first name for that character and it was just the actress's first name. That's what we did. Um, do Bryce and Reese have first names? I don't know. I don't know. And now Bryce is gone or Reese is gone. I don't even know who, who is who anymore. I just know one of them wants to hike the Pacific Crest Trail, which I think is cool because I'd like to do that. But when you attempt to force connection with people, it always rings hollow. And there is a hollowness to this episode where it's like, yeah, we should care. We should care about what their plans are. We should care about the impact of Earth. We should care about this timetable, but it, it, it's, it's, it's just not as impactful. And then we have kind of this like made up conflict with Rillick and, and Burnham. It's like, like Chase said, haven't you guys ironed this out yet? Like, have we not ironed this out? Do we have to continue to do the same thing over and over again? No, we don't. We don't have to do that. You're making a choice, a conscious choice to do that. Just like you made the conscious choice to have that one guy eat every scene he was in the show. So I, I don't, I don't necessarily, I understand the writing path. I understand what they're trying to do, but the best part of this was a side mission with, with, with Tarkin book. That was the best part of this. This whole episode was a flashback. That was the best part. And that's kind of tough. So while I'm, I'm not at a 5.4, I, I think it was a very average episode. I, I, you know, if we're just like going on like numerical grading, I, I can't like say that they got like a solid F, which, you know, just percentage base would, would be in that, you know, 50 percentile range or in fives. Um, so I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm just going to give it a straight up six, uh, just to be contrarian to Eric, because we did the same thing last week and I can't do that again. Um, but you, you know, it was, it was okay, but it just, it didn't, it didn't place set things as much as it could have. Okay. There is a number that I came into this with, and, um, I don't know if I'm going to like be upsetting y'all with this number. I might, we'll see. Uh, but like you're, I, I hear everything that y'all are saying and I, I, I think I said this in the beginning that. I liked, for the most part, like how it started, uh, how this episode started. But then, like, right around, like, somewhere where it would have been, like, around the mid midpoint or what I think was the midpoint, it just started to kind of fall apart for me a little bit. And I was, like, just losing my, my, my interest in the episode 
um, increasingly from that point onward. I, I don't mind us going back to the barrier and, you know, crossing over and stuff like that. But like the points that Eric is making about breaking the rules of like the show, like that you're writing, um, like that's, that's a little concerning, right? Um, because like if the rules can change, then like what, what does make this show, this show in the grand scheme of things? Um, the, the thing for me, the thing that I think would have helped connect this a little bit more. And, and, and again, I'm not a writer, but I think if we just had like, I don't know, like a 20 second scene, if that, where we like get a clip of like Vance and Kovich and whoever the heck else, like losing, like, like just like distraught or whatever of like trying to figure out like what to do like if we just as the audience just got to go back to HQ or wherever they are and just see them scrambling them reacting them doing whatever to this DMA thing that's about to like rain fire and brimstone on on the Milky Way then I think that could have like added some weight some emotional weight to I'm gonna go kite surfing or I'm gonna go taste some wine or I'm going to go hike a trail or I'm going to do whatever type of thing. Um, I would have really liked to have seen that. But um, this, I will agree with, with the gents on this one that for me, this episode was nowhere near as bad as last week or the week before's episode. So this is so far um, an episode that I'm going to give a higher rating since it's returned. So three weeks now back on and um, it's getting a higher rating, but I'm still going to be that guy. I'm still going to be the one that has the lowest rating of the three of us. And uh, the number I came into this with was a 5.6, which I think is pretty on par with um, what, what I think um, Eric said IMDb was was giving it. So between our three scores of 5.96 and 5.6, uh, that we we are giving it an average rating of a 5.8. So look at us go. That's sad that that's the highest rated of the three episodes since it's come back. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, that's it, guys. We, we did it. We, we got through another review, another discussion. And uh, next time that we come back, um, we are going to be pulling some double duty with uh, Picard Season 2. It's back. By the time y'all hear this, it'll be back in just a few short days. And uh, what we'll be doing is um, we'll be worrying about how we're going to do our like our recording of stuff. But um, we'll probably have uh, whatever like the the show that is in deeper in terms of like episode counts. Uh, we'll probably have I'll probably have that one coming out like on a, a Monday, um, potentially a Sunday or a Monday, and then the newer show in this case, which will be Picard, will probably be coming out on a Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, or something like that. So on top of whatever else we might be um, churning out. And uh, with that, um, just, you know, if you haven't listened already, make sure you give a listen to the Q Squared um, book review that uh, we got, um, as well as an audio drama that we'll be doing um, a review of um, in the very near future. Uh, which is like an hour and a half audio drama, by the way. So that won't 
ideally that won't be an hour and a half long episode that might be like a 30 to 40 minute discussion i hope and pray it is well i mean we had like a two hour long discussion of a 24 minute episode yeah prodigy. i was i was about to say we, we we're almost uh you know we're a little over an hour and a half talking about an episode that we didn't really care all that much for so come on chase we'll, we'll see we'll see look i'm trying to instill some hope guys okay i'm trying to i'm trying um, anyways, so yeah, No Man's Land. If you um, haven't che- um, heard of it, heard of it, No Man's Land is the audio drama from uh, Star Trek Picard, uh, and on the cover it has Rafi and uh, Seven. So we'll see if it's actually about them or if it's going to be you know one of those like Worf is on the cover but he's not really part of it kind of stories. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Anyway, we'll be back next time for episode 11 of uh, Star Trek Discovery season four, and also um, Star Trek Picard. Season two, episode one, uh, which is going to be pretty cool. And if you haven't seen the Ready Room episode, if you haven't seen the Ready Room episode that goes along with um, this episode of Discovery of uh, the Galactic Barrier, there's some cool behind-the-scenes stuff uh, from the first episode of Picard. So check it out. Uh, there's cool, some cool, cool scenes, cool sets, and costumes um, to to get excited about. So, guys, thank you so much for uh, you know chit-chatting about stuff that's Discovery-related. And um, anyways, for all you out there um, in listener land, we should probably get to uh, something semi-Twitter related just real quick. There is no Twitter poll, but I did a little brief Twitter activity. I was waiting for it. You made me wait an hour and a half to tell me there wasn't (laughs) a Twitter poll. There's no Twitter poll this week. But I did ask um, for for a little bit of um, engagement. And Eric might enjoy this. Might. So here we go. Some Twitter stuff. So the tweet was, all right, Trekkies, replace one word of any Star Trek episode or movie with tater. And boy, did I get some good responses. Okay. Before I read some of them, let, like, let's, just, let's just maybe hear like just something. Like, so a Star Trek episode or a movie, like replacing one word with tater. You got the, fin- the final tater. The final tater. Love it. The tater home. The Tater Home, okay. Right. The undiscovered Tater. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Better. Yeah. The one that I that I saw a lot of on this on this little um, little post I made was a fistful of taters. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> That's God. a good one. <laughs> so like, and I also tears saw, of the taters <laughs> in the hands of the taters. There you go. Ter- terror Tater. <laughs> I also saw um, a lot of the trouble with taters. The trouble with taters, yeah. 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 Solid. Um, Let's see here. So, trials and taterations. Um, Is there in truth no tater? Um, (laughs) Sub tater. A tater by any other name? (laughs) Tater seed, let that be your last tater. Who who mourns for the tater? For the tater is hollow when I have touched the sky. Oh, hold on. (laughs) Let me get to that one. Um, that, that one did come up, and I was like, oh, my. This <laughs> is how they said it. Um, oh, my goodness. Where did that go? Um, I will get to it. Um, the Alternative Tater was one. Alternative Tater. Um, the Year of Taters, part one. The Year of Taters, part one. <laughs> um, Tinker Tater, Dr. Spy. Um, oh, this was it. For the earth is hollow and I have touched the taters. Yeah, okay. And I said, oh my. 
Sounds a little naughty. <laughs> uh, tater decks. Um, the Wrath of Tater. The Wrath of Tater, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the Tater in the Dark. Uh, skin of taters. Skin of taters. A fistful of taters. Data's tater. Uh-huh. All good taters. The devil's <laughs> the devil's tater. There you go. <laughs> and someone just put tater time, and I'm like, why not? Like a muck uh, time, tater time. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Duh. And I did a little um, MC Hammer uh, gif reply on that one. Uh, Q tater, um, the, Star Trek into taters. The Q and the tater, right? The outrageous tater. The outrageous tater. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then someone did like a name from each of the, like an episode from each of the series. So someone did um, Encounter at Tater, Spock's Tater, Tater Along Home, uh, (laughs) Tater Part 3, Stardust City Tater. Tater Part 3? Yep. We know what that is. What is that? I don't know. That one was from Disco. So Tater Part 3. Unification. Oh, okay. I got, yeah, I, I, I blocked that episode out. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, blink of a tater and an embarrassment of taters. There absolute tater, right? Like absolute yeah, candor. Absolutely. Choose to t- <laughs> choose to tater, right? Instead of choose to live, <laughs> choose to tater. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Okay. Now that we've we've talked we've talked taters, there will ideally be a new poll next time in earnest. So, um, guys, thank you so much again. Um, anyway, what did y'all think of the episode? Um, did you enjoy it? Did you get what kind of rating did y'all give it? Also, did you give a tater offering? You know, because like that'd be great. Like, give a tater offering to Vol. I'm just saying. Um, other than that, um, if you want to get in contact with us, you want to learn more about us, uh, check us out, trtvpod.com. Uh, you can learn more about ways to uh, connect and um, even support the show. Tell your friends about it. We're on all the things, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at trtvpod. You can also support us financially for low affordable uh, tiers on, uh, on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash these are the voyages. Uh, if you do want to get in, contact us with, get in contact with us directly, you can do that. Um, open up Hailing Frequencies and enter in trtvpod at gmail.com. And also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute limit before the jellyfish get us and help us get through the galactic barrier and lose all contact with you, so be quick about it. Uh, finally, if you do want to mail us something like a tater, we would love that. Make sure it gets to the Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in, and as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.